This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. What a pleasure it is to have another wonderful story today coming from Julia. And she's in Australia at the moment, and it's only 5.20 in the morning. She's up early uh, every day, and we've scheduled this at this time because she feels fresh and uh, sprightly at this hour. So, g'day, Julia. <laughs> How are you going? <laughs> I'm great. Yeah. I'm great yeah. as always. Yeah. Uh, always lovely to have another uh, smiling guest on these episodes to talk about improvements to chronic health conditions, in this case, another rheumatoid arthritis situation. Tell us how far have you come and your improvements on the Patterson program? Oh, wow. I mean, I can walk now. I mean, you know, like I was um, in a wheelchair a while, couldn't get off the ground by myself. And um, then I detoxed, yeah, and then um, started. I could I could walk after that. I started playing tennis after that. I couldn't. I like when I was, you know, first had it. It was terrible, you know. Like it started out with um, just a. I was um, helping to um, dismantle um, tents at our church camp, and I just had a pain in my shoulder, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I thought it was an, an incident, and um, from then on, it was just pain and. It was so, uh, you know, I had no support then. I was um, uh, with my ex-husband then and um, and I didn't know, you know, about your program. I didn't know how important health was and detoxing and all those kind of things. And so I just struggled. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, t- it took him six months to find out what it was and I didn't start the methotrexate right away. I tried to avoid that, but I had so many flare-ups I couldn't do anything. Gosh. Yep. And and no energy. Oh, wow. I would sweep the floor in the kitchen for, you know, about 10 minutes and go and sleep for two hours. Goodness. You know, or an hour at least. Yeah. And, you know, and I'd cry so much, you know, at night that, um, but it didn't help, so I stopped crying. <laughs> you know. <Gosh>. And <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you actually got to a point where you're in a wheelchair for a period of time. Now, was this one of these sort of just assisted sort of yeah, intermittent wheelchairs or were you actually like uh, doing all of your uh, movement around in a chair no no it was kind of off and on like that yeah. like one time i had to have when i went to the doctor i asked him for a wheelchair so i could get out of the car and go in there and and um i think, I think my son took me to the doctor then and it was just you know pain 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 you know um and like a, oh the energy and everything you know um was bad Yes, we get that drop of energy, not just from the from the methotrexate, which is a notorious energy sapper, but also from the condition where our body is trying to eliminate uh, countless antigens that are entering our bloodstream via the gut wall, via this leaky gut process. And so the body's in this absolute, yeah. it's just working overtime on the inside constantly. And so you add a drug to the mix on top of that that causes great fatigue mm. and you know, it really, it's its like walking zombie kind of stuff. That was my experience. So tell us then, uh, did the methotrexate offer you some relief? Did it uh, enable you to relieve some of the pain? Um, yeah, yeah, it did. Um, yeah, it, it was good. And you know, I was only on that for uh, quite a long time. 
until um, we made the mistake of trying going off the methotrexate too quickly, and that was the time I had to have a wheelchair and had to have help, mm. and there was just no relief. And that that was there wasn't a long period of time then, so I didn't have to have a wheelchair and all that, but I, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a the yeah. lesson. The lesson there for people listening or watching this is uh, we have to come off the medications under a very controlled manner. And I have yes. a entire 52-minute video in our advanced package detailing in uh, actually, it's a th sorry, 30 minutes, and it goes through step-by-step yeah. step every one of the milestones required to be able to reduce methotrexate and also covers a lot of surprising stuff regarding why we might not want to actually try and reduce methotrexate if, for instance, we actually still have other drugs in our in our regime that are less friendly for the gut. For example, if we're on methotrexate and we're on prednisone and we're on some painkillers, then the sequence in which we should start tapering or getting off those drugs, in my personal opinion, it would not be to start touching the methotrexate. We should be looking at those other two first. Yeah. Okay. All right. So at which point did you start to engage in our program and, and what results did you did you see and how quickly did you see results? Yeah, well, to do it properly, it was when we uh, moved from where we used to live and moved up um, up to, um, you know, uh, Mackay uh, or Hay Point. And, um, and then I got on your forum. I paid, it, I paid you know, did it for one month. I, I, did, I didn't do the, um, the two-day of juicing and, and vegetables then. But, um, yeah, I started that. I, I did all of that then, and that, that helped a lot. But recently, though, it has been more just since I've been in town because when we moved in, I did do a cleanse and I don't I did it for about two or three days or something and then I went on to, you know, the quinoa and buckwheat. I believe that that is so good, you know, so so um nutritious. And and then I started um, you know, doing all this walking. Uh-huh. Okay. So the walking has helped you as well as the dietary changes. Oh yeah, it's awesome. The more exercise you do, the more you can do. You know, and, and I pushed myself. I, I did push myself too much. I have to, you know, you know, slow down. I don't I don't try and do 38 Ks in a week now. <laughs> All right. uh, actually, but uh, we actually um, bought a bicycle. And when I got it back, um, I had, we took it to the shop and get repaired a bit, fixed up. I did 7 Ks on Friday, 7 Ks on Sabbath. And then um, the other day I did 10 Ks. And um, so, and my husband's got one and that's going to be, oh, you know, so good. Right. It's interesting yeah. you mentioned that uh, exercise enables you to do more exercise. It is true, isn't it? It's kind of a, a, oh, a, it's yeah. a simple phenomenon of, of you not you don't just get fitter, but your body starts to anticipate that exercise each day and accommodate itself to be able to handle it and handle more. And it really does, yeah. is a compound effect. And so it's so true. And this is why just scheduling going to doing the exercise every day is as important as actually what the exercise is because we just need to get into a routine make it a habit and then it's and then it's a sort of a, a momentum situation that self-perpetuates and we end up exercising all the time and we get the benefits from doing so so your form of exercise uh, walking uh, you know for most people it, it's not quite enough but you, know, you found that just vast amounts of it has been really really beneficial Oh, yeah. You know, I was told before by a nurse that, you know, I had I had chronic fatigue, you know, years ago, and he said, you've got to exercise more. And it wasn't until I uh, married Michael and he pushed me, and he, you know, with work and all that, that I realised, you know, the more you do, the better you can get. 
you know, you, uh, and I ha- and I had a flare up, and I went riding, you know, a um, couple of times and did five k's in one day when I got the bike, and I did it because, well, I thought I had the energy, and I did have the energy, but I had the flare up, so I got uh, back up, back off, mm-hmm. you know, sure, and yeah, uh, and I I had the energy to do it, you know, but I <laughs> but because I had that bad knee, I had a bad knee after that, I, I stopped. But then then I got desperate, and I said, I want to be able to feel good and think good when I'm going to talk to you, you know. Mm-hmm. So I said, <laughs> you know, because um, there's a lot that's happened in my life, you know, all over this. So I got onto Michael. I said, look, I've got to do this program. Now, he doesn't believe in the oils 100%, but since I watched the video about on Dr. McDougall's website of um, how your blood flows, slows down so much after a meal of oil, um, I'm convinced, you know, and I can do without the oil. And I want to do anything so I can get out there and ride two hours a day, you know, in the morning or in the afternoon, and I'll do anything to do that. Yeah, there's, you know? the, the oil so, thing is a not negotiable. And once... Once people look at the literature, it's it's very clear. It's not even something that is sort of a topic of debate. It's like the one of, well, do you get enough protein on a plant-based diet? Oh. There, there is no counter-argument. It is, it's 100% no. as simple as it is. And the same is, are vegetable oils inflammatory to the gut? It's like, there's the science, done. Let's move on. Like it's as clear 100%, whether it be on animal studies, on rats, mice, whatever, the studies are there, or whether it be on animal studies and the response like Dr. McDougall talks about, whether it be through the bloodstream or actually for the inflammatory process. Again, the studies have been done. It's inside our guide for rheumatologists, downloadable on our website. I'll put it on this on our episode here as well for people who want to look at that. So these things um, may be a surprise to the general public, but they're not negotiable. These are, these are, black and white situations. And so you must avoid those vegetable oils. And as we uh, spoke about in, I think, less than 90 seconds before we commenced our call, you said that, you know, in the Garden of Eden, there was no oils hanging from the tree, right? No, that's right. You know, why do you need it? You know, you have the whole foods. But following your program, I mean, cutting, I tried it, you know, and then I tried using some olives, you know, on my salad. I don't need that. That's so oily. You don't need that either. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you get used to the, the salads um, the way they are. And so I did the two, the, the day and a half on your program just the other day, the juicing. And, but I, I would have done it more, but I had problems. I had a lower plate and I had problems with my gum, so I couldn't chew the food. So I went on to the salad. So I went on to McDougall's, um, just, you know, plain, simple, you know, lots of quinoa, lots of um, sweet potato. And um, but I'm going to I'm going to stick on that because, you know, I'm convinced about um, the olives. You don't need that, but they're very oily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. Well, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, their fat content is still a little high when you're at the early stages of the healing process. So if we are later on in, in sort of in a maintenance phase, phase five, as I like label it in our program, then you can eat olives. You can eat uh, avocados. In fact, there's an unrestriction on all things that are derived from uh, plants and uh, in unlimited quantities. And so it becomes purely like an extraordinary, uh, diverse eating sort of lifestyle. And in fact, there's so much more that you're actually eating than what you're leaving out. It's funny, like there's only so many ways you can use meat, dairy and oils, but there is an infinite number of ways 
that we can put together a variety of different meals that are from plants. I mean, it's just extraordinary. And so, yes, yeah. one day people can eat the olives, they can eat the avocados, uh, but the meat, dairy and oils are a non-negotiable. We just don't need them from a nutrition point of view and they can be harmful for us. So why, why, why put things at risk to our body when we've gone through so much to you know, minimise pain and to get out of a bad situation? So tell us, uh, how much has stress played a part in your uh, disease activity and are there any tips you might have to other people in terms of reducing stress? Um, yeah, well, stress was a huge thing because, um, well, since we come up here, we were involved in a car wreck. Someone rear-ended us, you know, destroyed our ute, destroyed our trailer. And then I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress um, disorder. But that, that, that comes back from my um, childhood. Uh, yeah, I had to assess, well, you know, I've given my life over to God, you know, um, you know, I'm following, my husband's a huge help, and um, since um, I've done that, you know, I don't worry about things, you know, and all that, so it, it's huge, you know, you got to, you got to, well, I, my thing is I believe in God, you know, and other people might do, do things other way, but um, you've got someone who loves you, who's going to care for you, and uh you know, so why worry about the future? Why worry about anything? You know, so that that's huge. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to be. Why worry about anything? I mean, all of us, yeah. reg- regardless of whether or not we have a, a faith or not, uh, can certainly uh, enjoy a mindset uh, of why worry about anything. And worry has never really gotten us anywhere, has it? Um, and 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 whenever I feel a, a concern or a pressure, mental pressure towards something. Uh, my dad's always says, uh, you know, when you feel fear or you feel concern, act. Just take a, an action. What is, what action could we take right now that can minimize yeah. the outcome that we're afraid of the most? And if the outcome is uh, X, Y, and Z, then take massive action to to uh, avoid that. Now, you know, having faith, which I do also, uh, gives you that little bit of comfort that those actions that you take will be the right ones and they will be effective. Yeah. And it's kind of almost like just uh, it's it's a nice wrapping around everything that we do to think it's the right choice, it's the right way, it's going to help, it works. You feel this level of uh, of reassurance, don't you? Oh, yeah, you do. You know, you know um, life is good. You know, other people don't have it. I don't know how they live, <laughs> really, <laughs> right. really, you know. <laughs> Right. You know, believing believing in God and believing that you you can overcome your appetite. You know, um, you know the biggest thing. I don't know whether I, I've watched a lot of your podcasts. I don't know. I haven't seen anyone else who say that that methotrexate has caused confusion. Confusion. You know, is that a record? Yes, yeah, it's a, and no one's talked about it, but it is something that has come up before. It's called brain fog, is the official term. Uh, so we develop okay. this sense of. Of I guess it's 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 pretty well described in its own sort of title, and and you just feel like a little bit of haziness and just not sure about your own decisions and indecisiveness. Yeah. I, I guess a feeling of worrisome. Yeah, it definitely has that effect. I I certainly uh, had that feeling in myself, and it's been described frequently in our support forums. So absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your brain yeah, fog. That, that- yeah, yeah, and then you don't make the right decisions about your food. But, you know, now I'm so convinced, you know, about um, the greens and all that that uh, and the quinoa and that, having a simple diet. Yeah, I just I just do it. You know, Michael eats differently and I just stay on the program. Right, so, so Michael's your husband? 
Yeah, yeah, Michael's my husband, yeah. Right. Well, if you know, if he doesn't have acute symptoms, then I say, well, when people say, for instance, there was a question the other day inside our support group, and the question was from a naturopath who's, is, who's in our support group. Uh, she said, um, just in terms of um, talking with my clients in my clinic, it gets a little bit tricky for me if I'm trying to tell everyone they should do this process when they don't have an autoimmune condition and, and is that necessary? And it absolutely is not. So the, my, my, my take on yeah. this situation is that if people want to minimize their, their diseases, if people want to have a very low risk of getting any kind of chronic disease, then a low-fat plant-based diet is going to achieve that across the board. There is really one human diet for risk for disease risk minimization, and that is a low-fat plant-based diet. Now, if people adhere to that diet most of the time, they can find that their their bodies are extremely robust to eating other foods. For instance, you know, it takes sometimes many decades for people on the worst Western diet to start to develop cancers and diabetes and heart disease. Yeah. It can take multiple decades, right? But if people yeah. are on a plant a plant based diet, and again a whole food low fat plant based diet, then the occasional bit of deviation from that is going to have an mm. almost negligible effect in terms of you know long term consequences. Because if you're if you're eating so well most of the time, then you're so healthy, your gut yeah. bacteria are aligned in the right way to your health. And, and you're just in such an, in, you're very well covered by insurance, your own health insurance, okay? Um, yeah, and so for, right. for your husband, Michael, uh, it's unnecessary to go down the elimination process of our program and to do all of the uh, more restrictive components. And he can be operating on that phase five maintenance part, which I live on, which is the diverse, very broad eating, you know, just anything but meat, dairy, oils, mm. and it's happy days in any quantity and any combo. So, you know, I'd yeah. encourage him towards that. And um, and it's yeah, it's a little overkill if he hasn't got an autoimmune disease to be doing the, the early stages of our program. Now, tell us, you originally came about our program via your son, who's a doctor. So tell us how that came about. Oh, well, I just went to visit him uh, one day when he was living, like, here in Queensland, and um, he told me that uh, one of his colleagues is using the program, and I'm not sure what autoimmune disease she had, but she's had huge improvements, you know. And so um, he gave me your the the basic program, the book, you know, um, that was a few years ago. It's taken all this time to get knocked down and do it properly. (laughs) Um, and, um, but, um, yeah, he's, he's amazed at my progress. Just, you know, I've been married to Michael now for, um, four years and, um, I couldn't do anything like this, you know, before it was like impossible. You know, I, when we were living in, um, Yarraman, I did, um, nine days of juicing. Um, I didn't have, I don't think I had your program then. And, uh, cause my bowel wasn't working properly and my skin wasn't working properly. So I did hydrotherapy um 15 minutes in a hot bath and then uh, with um bicarbonate soda in it and then you get out and you pour a bucket of ice water with a lot of ice in it and you get back in and do it and then do that again and then i used to wrap up and go and sweat in my bed for uh about an hour and then my skin started sweating you know i've got rid of my toxins right yeah it wasn't it wasn't sweating and then then i had how much energy it was incredible Mm -hmm. that's like uh, a home a home little modification of Bikram yoga, because right? in the Bikram yoga, we can go and sweat until the carpets are just soggy. 
Um, and that also is great for detoxification as well. So you worked out a little hot cold therapy there at home and uh, managed to uh, stimulate, you know, the sweat response in your body as well. It's interesting, the sweat response. I used to try and I experimented one time when I thought, look, this Bikram yoga is so hard. I wanted to isolate whether or not it was the sweating or whether or not it was, you know, I, I, I experimented with a whole bunch of things because I thought, is it the first, the first sequence of postures on the, when we stand? Is it the second sequence of postures when we're lying down? Is it the length of time or is it the sweat? And I wanted to know all of these things independently. And so I would test each and yeah. every one of them. And the most frustrating result of all was that it was all of them. And you can't just do oh, one. Right. You can't. I, for me, I would just, yeah. I tried just sweating in a sauna. I did not get the results. I tried just doing like uh, emphasizing my efforts in the first part of class, not the efforts. And so where I'm going with this, which is a, a little bit of a deviation from, from the train of thought you're on, is that I personally didn't get tremendous results just from sitting in a sauna environment. It wasn't the hot cold that you've talked about, but just sitting in a sauna and sweating for me, that just didn't do anything. However, um, I'm pleased to hear that your, um, you know, your hot cold therapy and then followed by sweating was working for you. Yeah, yeah, um, it's really good. Well, what I do now is, um, you know, I have hot, hot and cold showers but it's not because you live in a hot climate, the water's not very cold. Then I rug up a real lot and try to sweat when I go out a walk and uh-huh. or, or ride the bike. Oh, good. See, there's a little bit of detail that I'm glad you added. So you actually really rug up. And so when you're walking, you're sweating, correct? Um, yeah, when I do it enough and that, yeah, yeah. See, that's do, really yeah. important. I'm really glad that we kind of managed to, to squeeze that bit of information out of you because my uh, guidance around exercise is that we need to exercise to the point of sweating every day. And the problem with walking, most people when they walk, it just doesn't get the heart rate up enough to start sweating. So you have done a really clever thing and you've covered yourself with yeah. additional clothing so that your body temperature raises more so that the exercise that yeah. you're doing, the simple yeah. walking gets you to that yeah. point, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, because I don't have good circulation, but, you, yeah, you need to do that, and um, the more you can do, the better, you know. So I do that. I mean, I look silly. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't wear a beanie, <laughs> but, I mean, the clothes I wear, I mean, I wear long drums or, you know, tights and, and long pants and, and, you know, a sweater. Everyone else is not doing that, you know. But it doesn't matter to me what people think about, you know. You've got, you got to accomplish what you got to do with it, you know. So I'm all rugged up and I come home if I do enough of it and that I come home sweating, got to, you know, you know, put my clothes in, in the wash, yeah. you know, and then yeah. and you feel better. You, you feel, feel better. tremendous better. You know, in all the years I've been yeah. helping people, I've never actually suggested if all people can do is walk that they should do that. I love that. This is the this is my favourite thing to have, uh, yeah. to have learnt from you in this particular uh, uh, last 25 minutes or so. So um that's yeah yeah I'm, I'm pleased with that and anyone who hasn't uh tried this before if you can't get to bikram yoga you do not have access to a stationary bike or you're really really yeah. struggling and the only thing you can do is walk that doesn't cause pain the next day then throw a whole yeah. bunch of warm clothes on your body and go out when it's super warm in the middle of the day so that you get a big sweat up and try yeah. and try walking up some steps or, or, or walking safely up some steps if you need to hold the handrail or walk up hills. Come on, let's really get this, uh, get the blood, blood yeah. pumping. What do you think of that? Yeah. 
yeah, well, that's really good. You know, I mean, I can take it the next level. I can wear a beanie and wear a scarf. <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, cause when you're riding a bike, you get cool, and it's still cool here in the morning. So uh, it doesn't matter, you know, if people are going to ask me why, well, I'd like to tell them. You know, and I'd like, you know, I also the other thing I do is I get a bucket, um, you know, and um, put Epsom salts in it and uh, rug yeah. up a real lot and sit in that for about an hour. And um, But the other, other good thing too, you know, get another bucket with ice water in it and alternate three minutes in um, the hot, one minute in the cold mm. and, and rug up at the same time. And that takes a lot of... Poisons out of your joint. It was recommended me, you know, you have a a, um, a bath three times a week in uh, Epsom salts, you know. But I'm um, sitting, you know, just get doing it in a bucket and rugging up and doing that, you know, that'll take um, the pain out of your joints. And also poultices. Um, when I use uh, potato poultices on my knee or my foot, you know, if I want to keep on walking and, and not stop from the, you know the pain. Um, I do that, and that that takes the pain away in the next day. People don't know about that. That's interesting, actually. The Epsom salts comes up all the time. It seems that that virtually creates relief for everyone every time they do it. And so it's uh, it's probably yeah. the only consistent one of these kind of um, old wives techniques, so to speak, that actually I hear works all the time. Now I never did it myself. Um, I travelled in various yeah. parts of the globe trying to hit mineral baths like in Moree in northern New South Wales and we went to these mineral-rich mud baths in Fiji and I covered myself in mud. So I've been there, done that, trying to find ways to get sort of these uh, um, topical reliefs through through um, whether it be mineral baths or, or mud baths and things. But it comes up a lot. People seem to always get relief from the Epsom salts in the baths. And so, you know, again, it's just, it's excellent just to hear that reinforced from you. Yeah. And also um, poultices. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know know that. Um, this is a book. Um, I live with this lady and travel around the world with her um, and, and practical home healing, um, you know, um, sauna baths, um, potato, charcoal, anything. It's been recommended, you know, by doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing, another thing, in case I forget about it, there's also two doctors who are in our church who believe in no oil um, too. So um, I've been, you know, um, but if people saw that video of how, um, you know, before and after a meal or when your blood slows down, you know, after eating oil, that would convince everybody, you know, you don't mm. need to have oil. Well, I like Dr. McDougall's simple explanation surrounding this in one of his uh, free online talks that he has on his website. And he talks about it particularly easy to understand when you think of the concept of blood pressure. And so an elevated blood pressure is just your heart working that little bit harder, trying to move more fatty or more oily or heavier blood through your body. And the blood yeah. contains the uh, portion of that oil that is is being consumed. And so what you've got is a is a heavier, sluggier, or more sluggish, I should say, yeah. blood. And that is harder to push. And when something's harder to push, there is more pressure. And so we have higher blood pressure. And now when we remove a, a large portion of our fat from our diet, whether it be from meat, dairy, or oils, all of which are very high in fat. Obviously, oils are 100% fat. And then the dairy and the meat products are very high in fat. Even the low-fat versions are high in fat. What what you're resulting is that you've got a higher blood pressure because your blood and your heart 
You're working harder to move it. And my dad was a perfect little experiment with this. I told him this metaphor. Well, I told him this explanation. And he said, okay, I get that. That makes sense to me. I can picture it and it sounds like it's plausible. And so when he then um, dramatically reduced his meat and dairy intake and stopped having oils, his blood pressure is now perfect. And it was high for many, many years. And he attributes it 100% just from following that simple tip, which is reducing the uh, the pressure in your your bloodstream simply because of right. we're taking down uh, taking our fat content way down and our blood is basically has less fat less resistance and therefore less pressure. Yeah, well, and you need oxygen in your blood, don't you? And that helps fight against cancer. You sure. know, and I yeah, <laughs> and I mean, there's uh, it, it cuts too, doesn't it? You know, it, it reduces the oxygen when you have the, the fat in your diet. So. Um, why do that? I mean, because you're living in an environment that's not really healthy. You need to do the best you can for your body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely yeah. agree on that. So tell us then, is there anything else that you'd like to uh, to share? I know one thing we, we haven't yet talked about that we might be a good way to sort of close up. Uh, you'd be interested in, um, in trying to start a, an arthritis support group in your local area. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, if I can do that some way or another, um, yeah, and then also, you know, I mean, so many people have arthritis, but I'd like to, you know, target in on autoimmune diseases too, um, you know, but I guess you have to get, you know, the people interested in something, you know, um, arthritis, people have, you know, so many people have arthritis, so, yeah, I want to do that, and um, my husband, I'll get my husband more involved, and that will help. And, um, yeah, and I'd like you to be able to come up and, and talk to people about uh, what you've done and, and um, give people hope, you mm. know, really. That would be so good, you know. The, like what you're doing is awesome, you know. I don't have the education you have, but I'd like to be able to influence a lot of people in, in their health because, you know, the way you think and everything, you know, makes a big difference about the way you are, uh, you know, with other people and everything. And, you know, to help a lot of people, that would be so awesome, you know. Yes, it it is it is a good feeling when you're able to help even even one person. If I were in your position and I had that goal for myself, then I would probably write down maybe uh, ten ways in which you can start helping other people. And one of those ways might be um, to just to create a little simple group of recipes that you can uh, share with people. You know, you might just you oh, might yeah, just yeah. create a little. Uh, it doesn't need to be fancy. You can just print it out and on a, you know, create a, a Word document and then um, have it, anyone who asks just say, look, I'll post it to you or I'll bring it to church next week and I'll give it to you or whatever. That might be one way. Another way might be to uh, invite some friends over on one night of the week and say, I'll just show you how I can do cook one of my favorite plant-based meals and we can talk about this and we can enjoy a night where we have a meat-free night. And then, you know, you create 10 different ways that you can start to create some change in your community. And then maybe uh, if there's get togethers after church, which there often is at church, you can start to talk to some of the other catering people who bring things and just say, hey, why don't we uh, start to cater uh, more plant based meals as opposed to these these uh, cupcakes or whatever it is that that people are doing and, and just try and start to, you know, shift things towards a more of a, a gradual change in different areas. Come up with 10 ways and just roll them out. And then once you start rolling them out, then people will start to see you as the person who knows this and is passionate about this and opportunities yeah, yeah. opportunities present themselves. 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, also going to the uh, community um, neighbourhood centre too. I've talked to the people there and, um, yeah, and getting on Facebook, you know, putting a lot of things on, on yeah. Facebook, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that would really help. And get involved with someone else who's doing something for help. I met a lady when I was walking, Mariana, and uh, I want to keep in contact with her, but, you know, uh, she's into um, plant-based diet and all that and she wants to get meetings going together and, yeah, that kind of thing. You just got to get out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really. And, uh, you know, we're, we're yeah. members of our support group. We all uh, meet each other around the world. I'm meeting up uh, when I go to Anaheim this Sunday, just uh, six days away. I'll be uh, uh, catching up with my Los Angeles group. Uh, and that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be exciting and fun to meet people from that part of the world. And we've done that in Hawaii. We're uh, going to be doing that in Florida. I've done that in uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney. Uh, so everywhere we go, I take the opportunity to to meet up with support forum members, and also they meet each other. So London, Andy is a, one of our big organizer uh, organizers oh, yes. of events in yeah, London. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you uh-huh. are in the London area, then uh, uh, certainly uh, reach out, and uh, I can put you in contact with Andy, whether or not you're part of our support group or not. So. Good luck with organising all of those things and uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story so far. It's it's really great that you're making some wonderful progress and that you've got a lot of motivation to, to continue to improve and to help other people. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So you keep up the good work, you know, I pray for you and uh, keep on helping people, educate people. That's what it's about, eh? Yeah, that's right um, because our health is so precious and I went to an Anthony Robbins seminar many years ago and we had to list all of our values. And he said, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to completely transform your entire personality. And I thought that's a big call. And he, and he said, yeah. it is a big deal because we operate on a, on a hierarchy of values. And so he had everyone yeah. in the room, there would have been three or 400 of us. And it was actually in the Gold Coast and a several day event. And it was called, um, uh, date with destiny, one of his sort of uh, premium premium kind of offerings, and we wrote down all of our values, and then he had uh, people come up and give examples of their values, and then he he showed his list of values, and his first one was health, and uh, he asked everyone yeah. in the room to put up your hand if your number one value was health, and I want to yeah. I want to say five percent of the room's number one first priority was health, and. It kind of shocked me. Um, this was well before I got sick. It shocked me that um, that we could be so kind of so naive that it wouldn't be at the top. Yeah. And yet it yeah. also shocked me that that he had his at the top because I thought, come on, the guy's all about success and getting uh, achievements, and here he has health at the top. And he and he told everyone to completely. Well, basically, he told everyone to put health as number one. Why bother doing yeah, anything yeah. else unless your health is number yeah. one? Yeah, that's right. And and it was funny that, you know, that even after I went to that seminar yeah. and I did, of course, comply and, uh, and, and put health number one for the exercise that we went through, you know, yeah. health was still not my number one. Until I got sick. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy oh, yeah. how we are. So yeah. we all need reminding, even those of us who've paid thousands of dollars to attend expensive seminars and be told that health needs to be number one, even those of us <laughs> still need reminding. Yeah. So it's a it's a good yeah. and it's a good and powerful message that, that needs to be shared. So thanks for being part of that today. And uh, I I look forward to 
chatting with you online and uh, helping you further to uh, hit all of your health goals. Yeah, well, it's been excellent. You know, um, thank you so much. And um, you have a great day and we'll just get the word out and help people. You thank- know, that's what it's about, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, thanks so much, Julia. Yeah. Okay, you have a great day. You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information, visit pattersonprogram.com.